0: In the name of the living and true God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Amen. To the astute listener, you will have observed that there are two gospel readings on Palm Sunday, which of course means that there are two sermons. I'm sorry, that's just how it is. It's just one more attempt to make church as long and boring as possible in hopes that people will just stop attending altogether. There are two gospel readings on Palm Sunday. Naturally, we read at the beginning of the liturgy the account of our Lord's triumphal entry into Jerusalem. But we also just heard sung an account of his passion, which is to say his trial, torture, and death on the cross. The first gospel is super happy and joyful. The second is super dark and sad. Why do we read both gospels? Why not just enjoy the celebration of the triumphal entry and leave the dark stuff for Good Friday? This past Thursday, I was at Bible study at Carlsbad-by-the-Sea when one of the women commented, Why do we read the Passion gospel? on Palm Sunday, and she went on to add, by the time we get to Good Friday, I'm a bit passioned out. I did a bit of research. Turns out the ancient custom, this is true, the original liturgical practice was to read Matthew's Passion Gospel on Palm Sunday, as we've just done, Mark's Passion Gospel on Holy Tuesday, Luke's Passion Gospel, on Holy Wednesday, and of course, St. John's Passion on Good Friday. All four Passion Gospels in one Holy Week. That makes two seem not so bad, doesn't it? We don't even go to church on Holy Tuesday or Holy Wednesday. Why these two very different readings on Palm Sunday? A closer look reveals that they are, in fact, deeply connected. Our Lord's triumphal entry into the holy city, into Jerusalem, is the fulfillment of a long-awaited messianic promise and prophecy. The prophet Zechariah had written ages before Jesus' entry into Jerusalem, Rejoice greatly, O daughter of Zion! Shout aloud, O daughter of Jerusalem! Lo, your king comes to you, triumphant and victorious is he, humble and riding on an ass on a colt the foal of an ass. When our Lord rides into Jerusalem on the donkey, this messianic prophecy is fulfilled. And there is no doubt in the minds of the crowd that Jesus is this long anticipated Messiah. And they are not just cheering for the Messiah, They're also cheering for what they know and believe that he has come to do. They believe that this triumph and this victory that Zechariah spoke of is at hand. What they do not understand is how our Lord will accomplish this triumph and this victory. Generations of Jews had awaited the Messiah. And by Jesus' day, the idea of the Messiah had evolved and transformed into that of a political savior, someone who would deliver the people from Roman control, their Roman occupiers, and reestablish David's kingdom. And they believed that the Messiah had great power, power to fight, power to destroy, power to free the people power to save and so they shout in the streets hosanna which means save we pray it comes from the psalmist psalm 118 which is also a psalm associated with the coming of the messiah hosanna lord hosanna or lord save us now blessed is he who comes in the name of the lord in truth our lord jesus christ is this long-awaited messiah Come to save with great power. But the people cheering for him that day did not understand who the real enemy was or the nature of God's saving power. The Messiah had come not to battle the Romans, but to fight and destroy Satan and all the forces of wickedness that rebel against God. He had come to free the people from their sin. He had come to save them, not from Rome, but from death. And the power needed to do this is far greater than any earthly power. In hindsight, the donkey is the giveaway. The giveaway that the kingdom and the power and the glory of God are established Through humility and peace." That's what the symbol of the donkey means. Like the crowd in Jerusalem that day, our world continues to see power in terms of force, acquisition, dominance, violence. And indeed, the church throughout the ages has herself fallen prey to a broken and worldly understanding of power. Indeed, it is from this weak-minded, earthbound understanding of power to which we are enslaved, which our Lord has come to save us from. This is why we read the Passion Gospel on Palm Sunday, because the Passion Gospel unlocks the cosmic truth hidden in our Lord's triumphal entry into the Holy City. The kingdom of God, the power of God, the glory of God, all these things that the crowd is cheering for that day, they are fully revealed on the cross. For three years, during his earthly ministry, our Lord, whenever he performs miracles, he always says, shh, don't tell anyone. He heals someone, he's like, shh, quiet, don't say anything, just shh. But not on this day. Today... He prepares for this event. For on Palm Sunday, he's like, okay, boys, let's do this. We're going to go into town. Somebody get the donkey. We're going to make a scene in this holy city. Why? Why now? Why all the attention? Why direct the focus on himself? Because it's time to reveal the kingdom and the power and the glory of God. It's time for the cross. 20th century orthodox priest and theologian Alexander Schmemann writes We know that the king whom the Jews acclaimed on Palm Sunday and whom we acclaim today we know that he is on his way to Golgotha to the cross and to the grave we know that this short triumph is but the prologue of his sacrifice and the branches in our hands signify our readiness and willingness to follow him on this sacrificial way. They signify our acceptance of sacrifice and self-denial as the only royal way to the kingdom. The cross reveals to the world that the kingdom of God and the power of God and the glory of God are not about self-preservation but self-sacrifice. They are not about self-defense, but self-offering. They are not about selfishness, but selflessness. So as we rejoice and praise Christ our God and King on this joyful day, may God enlighten our minds to understand the true nature of God's kingdom and his power and his glory. In the days ahead, may God give us grace not to abandon our Lord at the cross, but instead to stand firm and shout with joy, Hosanna in the highest, even as we shoulder our own cross with him to victory. In the name of the living and true God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Amen.